things we won't have to do ever again. We'll never have to hurry and we'll never have to worry. Won't be any more of those things when we get to heaven. But I, I tell the, the, I remember when I was a young preacher and uh, a preacher boy, or my grand, great granddaddy would say a boy preacher is the way he said it. When I was just a boy preacher, I really prized and still do to a great degree new acquaintances and new friends and new people in the service of the Lord and people that God has allowed to cross my path on this side of Jordan's River, and I still appreciate that. And I've come to learn in these 30-plus years of trying to live for God and try to be His man, and it's been 34 years this month since I got saved, and I appreciate that song. I remember the day when the Lord saved me. And uh, I've learned in these years that the old friends that the Lord has put in my life that have been faithful and been there through it all are the ones that I value the most. And uh, brother, if you've got friends that stick with you, especially if they're generational, you know, they were your parents' friends and they're friends to your children. And if you'll, if you'll find somebody that'll be a friend to your, both your parents and to your children, now you're really getting somewhere. And I thank the Lord for that. Somebody that really, really loves you and cares about you, they'll care about those people you care about. And I'm grateful for that. I love the, uh, love the men of God. I appreciate uh, your good pastor, and I appreciate his family, and we love these, these children. I thank the Lord for the little ones, and I praise God. If I, at the church where I pastor, if I miss every grown-up's hand and don't shake nobody else's hand, I make sure I shake hands with every kid there. And every one of them knows Brother Toby's going to shake hands with them particular ways. And I've got nicknames for all of them, whether it's Elbow or Hot Dog or uh, whatever. As a matter of fact, they've got to where most of them call me by whatever their nickname is. One of them, Scrimp, not Shrimp, Scrimp. And some of them will say around their collar, Shrimp, and she'll correct them. It's not Shrimp, it's Scrimp. And uh, so every one of them's got their own nickname. And I want them to know before the, before the world gets a hold to them, real good, and it will, and tell them, ain't nobody at the house of God loves you, and nobody in the service of the Lord loves you, and that church, they don't care about you, and you come run with us, I want them to know better. And by the time the devil starts telling them those lies, I want to be able to look right back at him and say, I know, Mr. Devil, you're fibbing. That's not true. I know there's at least one, that crazy preacher down there at that church that does love me. And I can't tell you the mischief I stayed out of as a teenage boy because I didn't want to hurt the feelings of anybody down at the church that I knew really did love me and care for me. And I didn't want them to find out, so I just didn't do it. And here I am now, 47 years old, and I sure am glad I didn't do it. Amen. And I greatly appreciate the protecting hand of the Lord on my life. Now let's look in the Word of God tonight. I, I will preliminary too much. I feel at home, and when I feel at home, I act like I do at our place. And just tell you, whatever jumps into my head, and that's dangerous sometimes. Hebrews chapter, th chapter 11, if you'll turn with me please in your Bibles. And if you're able and willing, I would invite you to stand with us and we'll reverence the reading of the word of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 13 is where we'll begin our reading. This whole chapter should be familiar scripture for us. My granddaddy used to say in his preaching, he'd say, really, all Scripture should be familiar Scripture if we read our Bibles the way we should. Now, what about that? And people think sometimes I say some things they ought to have heard my granddaddy and some of the things he would say. Whoo! 
There's no way that all of his preaching would allow their church to continue to stay on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. He would be censored, sure as the world, because he would preach the hide off of you. And I thank the Lord for that kind of heritage. Hebrews 11, beginning in verse 13, the word of the Lord says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Boy, do you know somebody that fits into that they that say such things business? They that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. I want to preach that the Lord will help me this evening, especially from verse number 14, but really the entirety of these few verses we've read tonight, where it says, They that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country our subject tonight. I declare the mission. I intend to make heaven my home. I declare the mission I intend to make heaven my home. You can be seated. Thank you for standing with us while we read the word of the Lord. I did not come this week at all expecting to deal with any of these things that we've been preaching about at the church since February, and that's all I've preached about the last few nights. But it is such that the Lord has directed my heart here, and I want to be obedient and sensitive to the Lord. I came hoping to preach out of the book of Numbers uh, several messages, but God wouldn't give me liberty in that manner, and so I want to do what's pleasing unto Him. We introduced back in February a series of sermons uh, looking at this idea or concept of I declare, and uh, it, it really struck me in studying the first epistle of the beloved apostle John when he started declaring unto us. He said what he had seen and what he had handled and what he had examined, uh, that, that very Son of God, the Word of life. And then in verse 5 he says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you. Now the old timers around the place where I grew up and I imagine around these hills as well, when something would be surprising or exciting or remarkable, would pause and say, Well, I declare. And they wouldn't declare anything. They just would say, well, I declare. And then they would stop. And for them, I declare was just a manner of speech. And it really didn't say anything. But for the Apostle John, when he declared, he was talking about serious business, the very word of life. I declare the message of the gospel. And of course we talked about several places in the scriptures where we have shared this word of that uh, time in which maybe for example in Psalm 19 he said the heavens declare his mighty works. And uh, uh, that uh, Daniel's 4 where Daniel comes in before the king 
And he said, I'll declare the mystery of the dream. How we talked about last night or the night before, Psalm chapter 40. I declare his meditation toward me. I'm poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. His works and his thoughts, if they were to be reckoned up towards us, they could not be numbered, but I will declare them and share them with you. And then last night, Psalm chapter 38, where the psalmist David said, I will declare mine iniquity. He did not do so out of pride, for he was ashamed of his sin. And sin is nothing to be proud of. But he declared his iniquity because he would confess it before the Lord and forsake it. The sodomite response to sin is to be proud of it. The scriptural response to sin is to confess it and forsake it. And that's what we are to do to address the sin problem. But tonight we're looking at Hebrews chapter 11. Into the hall of faith. Those of whom the testimony of faith is given testified unto us. And they declare the mission. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. I mean to make heaven my home. The mission is to obtain a better country. To go to a prepared city. To make heaven my home. I have not seen or done the things that that the people in this chapter have seen or done but my mission is the same as theirs. Amen. I intend to make heaven my home. Oh praise God. It is that same for me and if you're traveling the same way that I am then it is the same for you. I want to make heaven my home. I sing that song and we've sung it here this week. I'm going that way and Jesus the Savior I adore is with me each day. You know one reason why that I know I'm on my way to heaven? Because that's the way I'm going. I mean friend, how in the world would you think you're going to heaven while you're headed to hell? I mean and if you're living like you're my friend headed to hell, what gives you an indication that you're headed to heaven and saying, I know I'm going that way because that's the way that I'm going. I mean my mission friend is to make heaven my home. And that is the desire of these people in our text and tonight I pray somehow that the Holy Ghost will help me to spark in you that same desire and now you don't go to heaven just because you want to tonight but you won't go to heaven if you don't want to amen I mean you won't get saved you won't get right with God you won't be saved if you don't want to nobody's going to heaven kicking and screaming and trying not to get there I mean I want to make heaven my home. I'm glad I am heaven bound with a hammer down and I'm happy about it. Amen. Matter of fact if you get out of here tonight and go up and down this road and find anybody that is more excited about whatever it is they're excited about than what I am excited about Jesus and going to heaven I want you to bring them to me. I want to shake their hand. I'm telling you friend I'm glad I am on my way home. I'm not ashamed to say he's the best saint that ever happened to me. I'm 
thankful to know the Lord and that he knows me. Praise God, I have the joy of my sins forgiven. I have the bliss that only the blood wash can do. Thank God for that blessed privilege. And I am on my way home. I don't belong here, I know that. I become abundantly more aware of it every day. But praise God, where I belong is nearer than it was when I first believed. And I'm getting nearer home. And I don't know a lot, friend, but I know this much. I'm nearer now than when I first trusted him. Hallelujah. And it's getting sweeter as the days go by. I've been saved 34 years. Praise God. And I've had to pray a whole lot since then. But I never have had to pray to ask the Lord to save my soul again. I mean, he saved my soul and did it right. And I'm on my way to glory. Amen. Little old lady that is one of the most precious Christian ladies I've ever known in my life. I see in her husband they are backwood folk. And I mean old timers and real old timers, real old time Christians. I gave one of the greatest testimonies I've ever heard at the camp meeting back about 10 years ago. Not deep theological stuff. Just in higher cotton than most people ever get to live. And this is what she said right in the middle of the shouting and the praising God. And she said, I want to tell you something this morning. I love everybody and I'm on my way to glory. I thought, buddy, it don't get no better than that. I mean, you can't buy that at Walmart. You cannot pick it up down to tractor supply. I mean, friend, you can't get that anywhere but from Jesus. I love everybody and I'm on my way to glory. They that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And I'm in that number, friend. I declare the mission I mean to make heaven my home. Now there's four little things I want you to notice in this simple message here tonight. And I'll step aside. Maybe we'll hear some real preaching in a little bit. I want you to notice first of all concerning their declaration of the mission. Notice their sight that is found in verse 13. These all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Those Old Testament believers did not see the fulfillment of the things that they believed, but they saw them afar off by faith. Oh, my friend, by faith they had perception. All these died in faith, not having received the promise. That is, they didn't see all the plan of God come to pass in their lifetime, but they did see some things by faith, and what they perceived and what they received received through the leadership of God. They embraced and appropriated in their lives. They had perception through the leadership of the Lord. If you look earlier in the chapter you'll find out that Abel saw reconciliation in the blood of the Lamb. And when I see the blood I will pass. I will pass over you. Enoch saw the rapture in his translation. And before he had this translation, or before he was translated he had this testimony uh, that he pleased God hallelujah and Noah saw the rescue of grace in the ark uh, thank God when man's heart was only evil continually Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord uh, praise God you know why he found grace in the eyes of the Lord uh, because there's grace to be found in the eyes of the Lord uh, because he's looking for grace in the eyes of the Lord uh, praise God hallelujah 
it's not because Noah was a good man and everybody else was doing wrong and Noah was doing right. That wouldn't be grace. Grace is when God has favor on you. I got news for you tonight. If you're looking for it, God will send favor on you. If you desire it, if you call upon him, if you want it, friend, you can find grace in the eyes of the Lord. He, my friend, saw the rescue of grace in the ark. Abraham, this Bible tells us, saw the redemption plan in his miracle child, Isaac. Praise God. And the promised child came just like a promised child would come in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. A miracle of miracles that only God could bring about. Oh, and when that little promised child, Jesus, would stand before Pilate, Pilate would ask him, where did you come from? Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. If he was anybody else that was alive then, alive before, or alive now, he'd have had to answer the same thing. I came from my mother and my father. I am the product of their relationship. Oh, but not Jesus. He said, I am from above. Oh, bless his name. If he got here the same way the rest of us got here, then he can't help any of us because he is stricken with the same bankruptcy we have. But hallelujah, when that thing that was worked in his sweet little mama was of the Holy Ghost. Praise God and the Lamb forever. Amen. It is a miracle of the Lord. And Abraham didn't know everything about, my friend, all the things of God. But the Bible said Jesus talking to those Pharisees. They said, we're the sons of Abraham. He said, oh, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. And he was glad. For before Abraham was, I am. Woo! Oh, bless his dear name. He didn't see it all. But he had some perception. And what he could see, he believed in. And he had faith in. And he trusted in Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother, I tell you, that's part of our problem. We got to figure it all out. Amen. I've got a fellow that's come to church, and he's, uh, I don't know, he's been maybe two dozen times, something like that. He's been a good friend to me. He's a very, very bright man, a graduate of that uh, North Avenue trade school. Amen. Some of y'all don't know what that inside joke is, but that is a Georgia Tech. And he's a bright man, an engineer, and has made a lot of money in his life. And uh, I mean, his, uh, his IQ, his IQ is higher than my temperature on a warm day. I mean, he's a bright man. And it, it bothers him. He loves me. He loves my family. He's been a friend to me. But it bothers him that he can't figure it all out. He's told me over and over again, Brother Toby, I love you. And I love your family. And I appreciate what you're doing. I believe you're doing right. I want you to do it. If there's ever anything I can do to help you, I want to do it. He's put money in my pocket and gas in my car. Hadn't been good to my family. But he said, I just can't trust the Lord. I can't seem to figure it all out. And 
And I've told him over and over again, you don't figure it out. And then when you figure it out, trust the Lord. I mean, you don't understand and then believe. You begin by believing and then the Lord helps you to understand. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We don't figure it all out. Matter of fact, the longer you're saved, the more you realize you never will in this world figure it all out. But we'll know it all better by and by. If you want to understand, you start by believing what you don't understand. Isn't that right? Look what your Bible said in Hebrews 11, verse number 3. Through faith we understand. Just stop right there. We don't even have to continue in the verse. It does go on to say through faith we understand the worlds were, that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made but things that do appear. It begins to tell us about creation. But you don't even have to know all the rest of that verse. If you just know the first phrase, through faith we understand. How you know how to get to an understanding with God? You start by believing Him. How you see, He that cometh to Him must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And tonight, quit looking to understand and start trusting God for what you do not understand. He never required of us to be a bunch of understanders to go to heaven, but we must be believers. I must say tonight, I cannot tell you I understand it all, but I do believe it all. Hallelujah. This precious book that I hold in my hand is full of things I don't fully understand, but I believe even the stuff that I don't understand. I believe in the stuff that I hadn't always done. I believe in the stuff that I cannot explain. I start by being a believer, and when you're a believer, God will lead you to a place of understanding. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't understand it all, but I understand more now than I did my friend three decades ago. Because the Lord through faith, that is how he's brought me to understand. They had perception. We walk by faith and not by sight, said Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And that they had perception. They had persuasion. That which they perceived, they were persuaded of. Oh, my friend, they were persuaded of these things and embraced them. Praise God. As Stephen said when he was preaching in the book of Acts in chapter 7, he said that the many had resisted the Holy Ghost. They got stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hard in ears. He said you always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. God gave them perception, but they refused to be persuaded. Not everyone that has the same experience is, my friend, persuaded of the same truth. And Matthew 16 Jesus and his disciples I went through the villages in the town and he asked them he said whom do men say that I the son of man am they said some say that thou art Elias some say that thou art Jeremiah or one of the other prophets John the Baptist risen from the dead but whom do ye say Jesus said whom do ye say that I am and Simon Peter saith unto him I say that thou art the Christ the sign of the living God and what did Jesus Jesus say, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjonas, for flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. They all had the same experience, but they didn't have the same persuasion. I'm not just a church member and I'm not just a Baptist. I'm Christ the solid rock I stand. He's my help, my hope, my foundation. Praise God, I'm leaning on him, trusting in him, believing in him. I am persuaded. 
right that that which he has begun in me he's able to perform it to the day of redemption I am persuaded thank God that he has begun a good work in me and he'll see it all the way through I am persuaded that my soul is safe in his hands hallelujah their sight they didn't see the promise come to pass but they perceived some things and what God gave them sight on they were persuaded of and fully convinced amen hallelujah hallelujah that king looks at Paul and said Paul almost thou persuadest me to become a Christian Oh, but the book of Acts, or the book of Romans rather tells us there was a man in the Old Testament didn't have near as much gospel as the king had that day. And the Bible says about him, he saw these things, oh Abraham. And he was fully persuaded that what God promised he was able also to perform. Oh, what little bit you do know, put absolute total trust in it. You hadn't got to have a whole Bible memorized to get the glory. You don't even have to have a verse memorized, but if you'll get saved, you'll want to memorize some verses. But praise God if you'll believe and trust in the great God of glory tonight. You can get plugged in and get on your mission. And my friend, on the way towards glory, their sight, they had perception, they had persuasion, and they had possession. They embraced the promises of God. They took possession of them by faith. They made these promises their own. Like that crowd, my friend, that was noble. In Acts 17, 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so I mean lay hold and say claim to what God has given you I got to give you this I just I, it's a quick digression see I told you the night I knew several words that's got more than two syllables in them it's a quick digression and in the country they call it chasing a rabbit but since I went to college I'm going to say a digression oh once in a while my wife tells me I need to convince people that I got a little better sense than what I act like I do and so a slight digression here in the word of the Lord in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 he says and that she may be able to comprehend comprehend what is the width and depth and height and length of the love of God and to know the love of God that love that passes understanding but that word comprehend and to be able to comprehend comprehend underlying Greek word there comprehend is katal ambano katal ambano it means to lay hold on it means to receive with gladness it means to seize upon as if taking property. You know what God wants you and I to do tonight? We don't have to know everything but what little bit we do know, he wants us to seize upon it. He wants us to take and drive a stake in it and say to the devil and to the world God gave this to me and this is mine by title deed of Calvary and every devil in hell can't take it away from me. And the devil comes along and said what about 
about this you don't know? What about that you don't understand? What about this you cannot explain? And instead of arguing with him about those things, you take him back to the property marker and say, hey, Mr. Devil, maybe I can't answer all your questions, but you can't answer any of these things either. I've laid hold on this. I've comprehended this. I have seized upon this. Praise God. They took possession of what God showed them. I wonder, do you own something tonight? Do you have a title deed to anything? Are you sure of anything tonight? Do you know anything? I don't know much, but what I know, I know real well. And my friend, you'll not convince me of anything otherwise from it. Praise God for what I do know. Hallelujah. Their sight. And then notice in verse 13, latter part of the verse, we made it through half the verse here now. And were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Not only their sight, but their statement. They confessed. We are strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You know what they confessed? We don't belong here. <laughs> I mean, this is not home. Uh, this is not where I belong. Uh, this ain't where somebody said, can you explain why the shape of the world's in the shape it's in? My answers aren't mostly down here. Uh, you see, I don't even belong here. My answers are a lot higher than this world. Uh, my hope is a lot higher than this world. Uh, I'm a stranger here. Uh, this world's strange to me, and I'm strange to this world. Uh, be honest with you, I'm strange to most of the churches I go into. Uh, and my wife just says I'm just strange and she might be right too but praise God when I get to glory I'm sure I'm going to fit in just right over there because the one that owns it all gave me the invitation to come oh bless his name their statement they said we're strangers we're pilgrims they made confession they stated openly they declared they didn't belong they set their affections on things above in heavenly places they declared that they were strangers that they were strangers this word stranger here literally means a foreigner they declared that because of faith that they were no longer citizens on this planet their citizen was invested citizenship was invested in heaven they didn't belong in this world they didn't fit in the old song we sung when I was a lad of a boy I said my feet carry me anywhere I want to go but my heart is already home hallelujah a stranger here and then he said we confess we're pilgrims that is a sojourner strangers and sojourners travelers, pilgrims on a journey this word pilgrim gives the idea of a person in a foreign country on his journey towards home and 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 17 says to pass the time of your sojourning here in fear that is to live with reverence of what it will be to tell the story when you get home I wonder are you living with reverence of what it will be to tell the story when you get home are you living in such a way that when you arrive in heaven you'd want to sit down with the saints of old and tell them what you did on your way there Mm. 
Woo! God have mercy on us. Did I see you a while ago on that on that iPad? Don't get scared. I ain't mad about it. Um, maybe hit that song that said, uh, "Look for me." I will be there too. I thought I saw you look at that song or saw the title or something other like that. But that song says, I don't know if y'all know that or not. If you do, sing it. But uh, that song says, and if you don't, praise God, we might ought to find it, sing it. Uh, but that song said, when you get to heaven and you've shared your story with the last one that you think will like to hear just how you made it through, then look for me, for I'd like to hear it too. Hallelujah. Praise God. I wonder, are you living in such a way that when you quit your sojourn and you arrive at the destination that you will really want to tell what you did on your way to heaven. Amen. Praise God. The Apostle Paul would love to tell you about the night the jailhouse shook. He'd love to tell you, my friend, about the night when that Philippian jailer got born again. He'd love to tell you about that prayer meeting down by the riverside where the ladies got in the family of God. He'd love love to tell you about how the Lord helped him and stood by him when everybody else forsook him. That night, my friend, and that's going to tear him apart. And they had to arrest him to keep him alive. But when we get there, I'm afraid if I sit down with Paul and he says, what'd you do on your way here? There's a few things I don't want to tell him about. How about you? Are you living in such a way that you'd really want to tell it? When you arrive at your destination, our sight, the statement, number three tonight in verse 14, their search. The Bible said, for they that say such things. I love that phrase. You ought to underline that bold face and italicize it and highlight it in your Bible. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. You see this crowd, the world says they're misunderstood. We can't understand them. We don't know about them. But there's no great big secrets here. People that say things like this, they declare it plainly. I mean, it's not done in a corner. I don't know if you been listening to me tonight. I hadn't used real ambiguous language. I've been very straightforward. I try to use plain talk because plain talk's easily understood. I mean, friend, I want folks to know I don't have some great religious concept to give to you to have you puzzled when you get home. I'm not trying to figure out how many angels can dance on the head of a pen. My friend, all sorts of foolish theological arguments the pointy-headed intellectuals have but I am declaring it plainly I'm on my way to glory and I would to God you'd come along and go with me I'm declaring it plainly tonight my search my desire to make heaven my home I was preaching in the mountains up there just north of the uh, red uh, red meal there in uh, there a little place called possum trot believe it or not uh, in Albert near Albertville Alabama and there's a precious man there uh, and I don't know, Brother Andy, you've been out there with me to High Point there, hadn't you? Yeah. Brother Ralph would testify every meeting. Yeah. And Brother Ralph is not blessed to be quite as quick as most people are, yeah. mentally or physically. Yeah. He's got a lot of handicaps. Yeah. But God saved him about 65 or 70 years old. Yeah. And he's in the family of God and he's happy about it. Yeah. And he testifies every service. Yeah. And sometimes two or three times a service. Yeah. And he'll say something like this. 
I just want to say I love the Lord. I'm glad I'm saved. I appreciate him loving me. And I love him so much I'm never going back on him. I'm going all the way with God. There ain't nothing in that world out there for me. I'm going all the way. I love him that much. And he'll sit back down. And Brother Ralph got plugged in one night in the meeting. And he started like that, said all of that. But then God let his thoughts on a little further. And Brother Ralph said, and I'm going to tell you something. If you want to, you can come and go along with me. Hey, they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And Brother Ralph friend couldn't read his name in boxcar letters. But God that night enabled him and empowered him to witness and he'd walk around and he shook hands with one little old boy and he said, if you want to, you can go. That little old boy bowed his head and started squalling. He looked and pulled on his mama's dress tail and said, I want to. He ended up in the altar getting things right. He went down the aisle squalling, shook hands with some elderly man and said, if you want to, you can go. It was like he hit that man with a hot stick. I mean, he jumped up from there and started shouting. He started walking around the congregation, shaking hands and saying, if you want to, you can go. If you want to, you can go. If you want to, you can go. You can go. You're welcome to go. You can go. Praise God. About that time, somebody got in the glory, went around, shook hands with somebody else, and said, if you're going to go, I know the way. <laughs> Woo! Oh, they that say such things declare plainly. Praise God, we seek a country tonight. I'm on my way, and I'd like for you to come along and go with me. Amen. And if you want to, you can go. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. My little old girl, I've got to finish preaching here. I'm halfway done. The second half's going to be fast. And uh, my little girl, my middle girl's 19, soon to be 20 years old. And uh, when she was born, she had lots of ear troubles, couldn't hear, had infections and such, scream her head off. And uh, she's just hurting. She never has been mean or difficult to get along with. She's the easiest person in the world to get along with. She is nothing like her mother. She's like her daddy. She's so easy to get along with. And uh, I would, uh, nothing would satisfy her but for me to put her up against me with her back up against me and her little face up against my face. I'm supposing maybe the vibration of my old deep voice would help her ear trouble a little bit, but that'd soothe her. And I'd place her little head up against my face and sing to her the same song over and over and over again. There's only one door, one door to heaven. Jesus fixed it that way. The rich and the poor will go in the same door for Jesus fixed it that way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I hear Jesus say... And this is a part that always get me singing to my little girl. So if you want to go, you'll have to go in by him because there is no other way. Amen, amen. Praise God. And I'd pray for the Lord to save her and she didn't get saved. My oldest girl got born again. My baby girl got saved. And we're still praying for Caitlin. And here she was already 16 years old. And she never had him come to the 
altar. She's so bashful on her first birthday. We gave her a birthday cake, sung her happy birthday, and she cried till everybody left and wouldn't touch the cake with anybody looking at her. That's how bashful she is. And she got to 16 years old though one morning. Woo! And God, the Holy Ghost, began dealing with her heart. And she made her way out of the aisle, come all the way down here to pray, and began calling on the Lord. I didn't even get to pray with her. I was praying with somebody else getting saved at the same time. And my wife thought the deacon that was down there helping pray, I thought that he was me, and she reached to grab him by the belt and pulled him over there and said, you need to pray with our youngin. He didn't even correct or argue. He just sat into praying. And my little old girl got in the family of God. She come over there and grabbed me and said, get up just a minute, daddy. I need to tell you something. And she said, I got it right. I'm saved. And I'm sure of it. I'm on my way to heaven. And she said, I'm so sorry I had to wait so long. But she don't have to worry about it no more. <laughs> Woo! We seek a country. And if you want to, you can come along with me. I know the way tonight. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, since we are not citizens of this country. Verse number 14 said they declare plainly that they seek a country. That's what we're looking for. A country. We look for a country where we do belong. I'm tired of being a stranger, a foreigner, dwelling in this world where I don't belong. I seek a country, one where I am at home. Where we're citizens. Where we have an inheritance. Kyle Rowland wrote it right. It may seem peculiar to believe in a land that we've not seen but we still call it home. Brother, I'm headed on my way home tonight. Their search, they seek a country. Their search, they seek a change. Verse 15, he said, if they, if they, truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. If their hearts and minds were planted in the land where they came from, they might have desired for it still. They did not love this present world. They sought a change, a new country, a better land. Don't dig in too deep here. We don't belong here. Hallelujah. My treasures are not invested in this land where moth and rust death corrupt and thieves break through and steal, but my treasures are planted yonder in heaven. Where your treasures there, your heart will be also. I'm finished for this. Not only do they declare this thing plainly, their mission, through their sight and their statement, their search, but then we see they declare this about their sovereign. Verse 16. But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. God is the driver behind this mission. We have no hope of a better building, a better country, a better land, unless our king has built it for us. But we have a king and we have a sovereign who lives forever and he is our hope. Praise God. His proclamation is seen in verse 16. He's not ashamed to be called their God. Hebrews 2.11 said he's not ashamed to call them their brethren. He's not ashamed to be identified with us. He He's not ashamed of us and I don't want to be ashamed of him. I don't want to be ashamed of him before this world. I don't want him ashamed of me before the Father and his holy angels. He said in Zechariah 13, 19, and I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and try them as gold is tried and they shall call on my name and I will hear them and I will say it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God. Woo! 
Brother, that makes me happy in my soul. He's not ashamed of us, and I don't want to be ashamed of him. They're sovereign in his proclamation. Then there is this lesson about their sovereign in his preparation. He hath prepared for them a city. This band of strangers and pilgrims are out of place here. But God has, my friend, a heavenly place prepared for prepared people. And it'll be just right for us. It'll be just right in every possible way. It will be everything that we've dreamed of. And so much more. Hallelujah. So let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know, and Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. Praise God for a country. You realize when you get to heaven, I praise God your, your crown will fit just right. Your mansion will be everything you want. I don't know what it's going to be, but I know it'll be everything you want. Praise God. Anybody, don't listen, you don't have to raise your hand, but anybody in here ever built a house? I mean designed and built and started from scratch and built yourself a house. You won't get moved in it until you'll regret some of the decisions you made. Let me tell you something. If you had never built yourself a house and you think you ever will, let me tell you a few things you might even want to write these down. They're not spiritual, but they sure are right. Nobody ever built a house and said the closets are far too big. We've got way too many electrical outlets. And I have way too many bathrooms in this house. And nobody ever said we've got too much cabinet space. I mean, friend, however big you think the bathroom needs to be, add about four feet in every direction. And the closet, put an extra electrical outlet in. It'll help you if you'll do that. But you know when you get moved in the house, there'll still be something you don't like. There'll still be something you want to update. A deacon in my church has been building a house for about 25 years. Every time he turns around, he's adding something or changing something or updating something. And it's nowhere close to worn out. But he's always building and changing. But brother, when we arrive in heaven on the first day, it'll be just exactly the way we want it to be forever. And moth and rust will not corrupt. Thieves will not break through and steal. It'll be that way and it'll be that way forever. Amen. Praise God. He has prepared for them a city. And then look what the Bible said to close this chapter, verse number 40. God having provided some better thing for us, us, that they without us should not be made perfect. The Old Testament believers are not complete without us too. I don't know if you understand what I'm telling you or not tonight, but I'm on my way to glory. Hallelujah. And I'm going all the way. And if you want to, you can come along and you can go too. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to be in the number when the saints go marching in. I declare the mission. It is to make heaven my eternal home. There's a little woman named Miss Cook. I forget her first name now. She's already home in heaven. And I was working in South Atlanta, Southwest Atlanta, and with another insurance carrier, I had to go out and do inspections and confirm the conditions of this residence, do a market survey to make sure everything was in order, go up to the door after I've taken photos, knock on the door, little lady on a walker comes to the door, white hair, 
stroked straight back in her house, house coat and so forth, trembling and shaking just a little bit. I confirmed her name, confirmed her date of birth, then asked her, Miss Cook, is this your primary and only residence? And are there any other, are there any other persons who are residents of this household? And she looked at me and she sort of smiled a little bit and she said, it's where I live now. But she said, I've owned this place since we first built it 50 years ago. But said, really, this is just home until I get home. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. I don't know if you realize it or not. This thing right here is just home till I get home. This world's just home till I get home. This is not permanent. This is not all there is. There's a better country. There's a better building. Oh, thank God. Not made with hands. I wonder, are you prepared for your long home? Your eternal home? Amen. Praise God. That little lady... Oh, I don't know why I can't think of her name right this minute. I've known her 25 years. Her and her sweet husband, she testified and said those precious words, I love everybody and I'm on my way to glory. It's not complicated tonight. If you know somebody who really knows God and they have a real testimony, you're not impressed with them because of how many points are on top of their head. You're impressed with the life they lead because they have a simple Simple, God-fearing, childlike faith. Tonight you don't have to figure it out. You just got to have trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you too can make heaven your home. Praise God. Let's pray. Precious Lord, I love you and I thank you, Lord, for these sweet people and their patience tonight as we tried to share your word. Thank you for this good pastor. What a blessing it's been to be with them. Tonight I pray you'd take this feeble message and Lord fertilize it with the precious Holy Ghost that it may spring forth life in the hearts and lives of the hearers. I pray this evening you'd make fruitful this service for your glory. Draw sinners unto yourself and let them see you high and lifted up, I pray. Lord, I'm thankful tonight. I gotta tell you that I'm on my way home. I'm so grateful, Lord, for what you have prepared. Lord, I have a tiptoed sense of expectation of what's waiting for us on the other side. And I have assurance that I'll not be let down. And I'm trusting you about these things. Bless the continuance of the meeting, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, Pastor.